This podcast is brought to you in part by the estate of Bob Nelson. Bob was a lover of all things San Diego and a longtime supporter of Voice of San Diego and its podcasts. We at Voice of San Diego are honored to have his support during his lifetime and continued support through his estate planning. My mom says my neighborhood school isn't good enough. How am I supposed to know my kids are getting the best education possible? Welcome to Good Schools for All, a podcast from the investigative news organization Voice of San Diego. We cut through the jargon and polarized debate to get you the news and ideas that matter. Good schools are at the heart of our democracy and economy, and we're about good schools for all kids. We hope you'll learn and maybe teach us something. Enjoy the show. There should be an excellent school in every community. Well, welcome. My name is Scott Lewis. I'm Laura Cohn. Hi, Laura. Hi, Scott. <laughs> been a little slow. We've been infrequent. We really have been. We're going to get back on the horse, though, right? We're ready. Yeah. Let's not Im- inappropriately manage expectations, but we're going to get our stuff together. You have a new role. Do you want to talk about it? I do. Yeah. I'm over at the San Diego Workforce Partnership now. Um, never would have predicted a while ago that I'd be in the workforce world, but that's where I am, and it's so great. I'm the director of a new center called... Mm-hmm the Center for Local Income Mobility. And so I'm helping the uh, workforce agency develop a new practice around preventative workforce development, about early workforce development. Workforce development, meaning quality early childhood education, for example, is early workforce development and quality schools, good schools in every neighborhood um, is workforce development also. So um, it's a cool frontier that we're opening up and I'm excited about it. Did you guys have your last day of school yet? My kids have their last day of school on Friday, tomorrow. All right. Well, mine did. Yeah. Good. So you're officially in summer. Yes. He uh, he said he he had to write, write his goals for the summer. My son did. And his one goal was to read a hundred books. Nice. Yeah. Wow. And to skateboard. Okay. And to buy Minecraft figures. So this, these are all accomplishable goals. I think so too. <laughs> I was very pleased. Like we can do those. Yeah. Um, My 16-year-old has not found his summer job yet. He's still Is that a thing it. still, summer jobs? It is for him. Good. Yeah. Do you make him do that? or? No, he wants to. He really wants to be able to pay for the, you know, the <coughs> pizza and the meals and the stuff that he's buying himself. So, Is there opportunities these days? Because that's what I keep hearing is that like it's really hard for teens these days to find jobs like that. I think it's more scarce, but he's, yeah, there's, he's, able to apply for a few things we have some vacations scheduled in the summer that are getting in the way (laughs) (laughs) but uh hopefully he'll come up with something yeah well so speaking of workforce we have a great guest in we're going to spend most of the time talking with him uh carlos cortez from the community college district really interesting guy yeah i was i was excited that he was able to come in and talk to us and his operation um most people don't know about it continuing education but it's part of a there is a safety net out there for people for whom the their education experience didn't work for them for whatever reason, um, whether you know they weren't there for it or it wasn't there for them. There we have we have um, opportunities available for kids, and his his operation is one of them. But there's a lot more out there too. And it's free. It's free. The state pays for it. Like there is, if you there's, and I say this during the interview, I'll say it again. If you know somebody who's not working or not going to school or just needs something needs a skills upgrade then there's a place they can go for free yeah and it's and they have capacity in a lot of things maybe not 
some of the highest demand, you know, disciplines, but you can get into something and wait for that. You know, there's something out there. Yeah. And some, you know, he, he's told me before that some of his instructors teach um, classes where they're charging huge fees elsewhere. And then they, they come across town to his campus to teach the courses for free. Mm. It's a great resource. So at the heart of this discussion is, is that point. There's a, it's this, I don't know what I think about this term you guys use, but I'll mm -hmm. keep using it, which is opportunity use, right? So this is the, yeah. the thousands, the tens of thousands of kids in San Diego who or not kids, I mean, just people who are not working and not going to school. Yeah. Now, my question for you is, based on everything you're learning and everything you've studied, and I tried to ask him, I tried to ask Carlos this, but I'm directed to you, is are, are we misaligned in what we're training and getting people prepared for, for what's available? And if we just aligned everything better, then it would, you know, solve most of this problem. Or are there just not enough opportunities? Are there just not enough jobs and sort of, you know, things for these folks to do without creating their own, you know, businesses or something? Yeah. The, well, of course, the answer is yes. It's, it's a little of both. So there are jobs and these are good jobs, jobs that um, I, I don't know what the term is, like middle skilled or middle wage jobs, it's family supporting jobs that we um, haven't been doing a job of giving our younger people, getting them on track to access those jobs. And so it, 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 we had this overcorrection that we've talked about on the podcast before towards college for all. Um, and we should, we should for, a civil right, for civil rights reasons, make, any, make college available to any kid who wants to set that as their target. But we also need them to understand that it's not the be-all, end-all, that um, college is a means to an end and, and help them understand what the various ends are and which ones require college and which ones don't. Um, so some mismatch, I mean, we're at a very low unemployment moment right now. So there's high demand for workers and a lot of open positions that, um, that unfortunately a lot of employers are having to look outside of our region for. So yeah, we need to skill up the people that we have. We need to make it available for them for young kids to look at them earlier and we also need to have this this safety net i'm calling it for young people who weren't able to focus in high school or where the traditional school wasn't working for them but they they grow up and get a little older and realize they're ready now to mm -hmm. to start learning and start aiming for jobs all right let's let's try to quantify what we're what we're talking about here what is our number of the week Our number of the week is 9.4%, which is the percent of 16 to 24-year-olds in San Diego County who are these, we're, what we're terming opportunity youth. I, I, it is a euphemism. It bothers me sometimes too, but it's you know not in work and not, not in school. And well, talk to me. For, so why, why do they use that term? Is it to, they, I mean, they don't, they don't want to say that it's like a pejorative description right from the beginning they obviously want to say like we have an opportunity to deal with these but is there more what's going on with yeah them? i think it's just, they were just looking for a positive term instead of disconnected youth i think is a term that's been used in the past right um and they just uh they're trying to well change the narrative uh, my my new organization just held a summit called flip the script and it was uh, what we were looking for is helping young people change the narrative about themselves and also think of themselves and their prospects differently 
we didn't we did not coin the term opportunity use but i think it's the same spirit well it's the same thing as like what what the reality changers use right like their whole point being if you're part of a story about yourself that's going in a certain direction you gotta at least start with changing that yeah and own your own story all right so but basically story. you said there's nine point how much percent nine point six percent so almost one in ten this it's just crazy to think of the, the the sort of squandered human capital involved in this in this statistic so almost one in ten of our 16 to 24 year olds are not in school and not working and not surprisingly it varies across our community so um, at the worst rate which is in Vista City it's uh, 18 point I think it's 18.6 percent of um, eight, of 16 to 24 year olds and total are. in the county then that means we're talking about 43,000 kids, is that right? That's right. Right now, it's 43,000 kids in this category. And is there, there's a goal to chip away at that, and you're part of that now? There is a goal. So, um, yeah, at Flip the Script, um, the whole community of, of um, people who are interested in these opportunities set a goal of um, having the gap, so reducing that gap between the most disconnected communities and the county average, and also um, reducing that number forty three thousand down to um, down twenty thousand, I believe. Hmm. All right, and what is working? So for what's working, I wanted to elevate the International Rescue Committee. I don't think we've talked about them before, but they're a great organization. It um, the work they do is related to um, David Miyashiro and the Cajon Valley story that we told on a recent podcast. They help to settle new refugees, but they also um, help out for young people who um, are refugees and who just need help getting their start in life. And um, for those, that would be a really difficult thing to arrive in this country as an older teenager, not really enough time to both learn the language and do everything you need to do to graduate from high school. And IRC has a whole suite and constellation of services for young people in that category to help them get that high school diploma or their or the GED or certificate and help them connect with uh, meaningful work and head on to college if they want or, you know, and just all the supports they need to get all those things done. Great. Well, how about we listen to uh, and hear from Carlos Cortez? Let's do it. Okay, we are joined in the Great Voice San Diego podcast studio by Carlos Cortez. He is the president of continuing education for the San Diego Community College District. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I appreciate you coming in. So I have heard from so many people. Uh, I've got to talk to you. You've, uh, you're doing some great work. Tell us what you're doing, where you're based, um, and what kinds of uh, students you're working with. Excellent. Well, I'm happy to hear that people are speaking positively of me. I've only been in San Diego for the past two years. I was appointed the president of San Diego Continuing Education in July of 2015. Uh, for those who aren't familiar with the organization, San Diego Continuing Education is one of four divisions of the San Diego Community College District. Uh, approximately 44,000 students are served by San Diego Continuing Education each year in all nine areas of state-approved adult education uh, categories of programming, which includes ESL, um, over 40-plus job training certificates, um, high school diploma and equivalency, courses for adults with disabilities, courses for older adults, it's called our Emeritus Program, um, and a variety of other um, offerings, including contract debt and community education. Um, what's really exciting about San Diego Continuing Education is that all of our programming is free of charge to students. 
Um, some courses or programs may have materials fees, um, but we also have means and ways to help students who can't afford the materials fees to cover those costs. And so students can come to San Diego Continuing Education and participate in um, expedited intensive course offerings that allow them to quickly transition to workforce. So are we talking about, we're not talking about um, only adults past, are there any traditional students sort of young people or is it all people who are sort of outside that track? Uh, we are an adult education division and so right. um, per, per Ed Code and Title V, we're required to serve individuals above the age of 17 unless those individuals have a waiver. And our local school district um, does provide waivers to students um, that the school district isn't equipped to serve. Okay. And so we have uh, you know, immigrant and refugee student populations who are adolescent um, who aren't able to receive uh, bilingual education supports through some of the high schools in our community that we partner with. Um, we have some students who have elected not to participate um, in, in traditional school offerings, and so therefore um, come to us for alternative high school diploma pathways. Um, we do have an initiative that began this January called San Diego uh, Continuing Education's Gateway to College and Career. And what's really exciting about Gateway to College and Career, first, we're part of a national network of gateway programs that are designed um, to help students complete high school completion um, while starting concurrently um, post-secondary coursework. And so students are um, simultaneously enrolled in high school diploma completion programs while they're beginning um, career technical education uh, coursework um, coupled with paid internship opportunities designed um, sp specifically to support opportunity youth, opportunity youth being young adults between ages 16 and 24 who are disconnected from school or work. Yeah, we were just talking about them, and you you had that stat that we were talking about mm -hmm. that in VISTA, yeah. it's 18% of youth that, qual that call it opportunity youth, but these are, the, these are folks who are really in danger of, of drifting in their careers and their lives and... Uh, They've already drifted. Yeah, these yeah. are these are young people who are um, really at the prime of life, but are neither in school nor working right now. And the countywide average is um, nine point six percent, but we have communities that are much higher than that. Um, and Carlos, your your campuses because you have six of them, right? A, a seven as of February, so now we're up to seven campuses. They make a ring around the city of San Diego, which provides access to. Um, students from different um, walks of lives and communities uh, to participate in our programming, but we're also housed in over 200 off-site locations, which is important. What happened in February? Uh, the, the the Miramar campus, CE Miramar campus, which is housed on the, the campus of Miramar College, which is one of the three colleges in the community college district of which we're a part. So what, do you, what, what are you doing for Opportunity Youth? It's really exciting work that's happening. We've hired a bunch of new personnel to support this specific student population. Um, for the first time, we now have case managers, um, job services developers. We have individuals who have been hired to provide um, what we call intrusive counseling um, and, and mandatory uh, participation in a variety of supplemental activities that we know are going to ensure student success um, from a, a foundations course um, and it, it, coupled with a career and, and college transition course um, that, that really helps uh, to address um, the gaps in student academic development um, prior to their transition into workforce or uh, the credit sector. So let me ask you, and you've, you've obviously seen so many of these um, students and some of these people. When you're talking um, about the situation as a whole, do you think there's a, 
just a misalignment of our educational system, of our culture to what jobs are available? Or do you think there's just not enough jobs? I, I think it's worth noting that I'm a board member of the Workforce Development Board of the San Diego Workforce Partnership. And, and uh, to a uh, point that was raised just a moment ago, um, in our larger community, there's approximately 44,000 um, students who are disconnected from school and work between ages 16 and 24. The statistic um, was uh, announced at Flip the Script, which is a convening of professionals working with Opportunity Youth throughout San Diego County that was held earlier this spring. Um, and, and, and at this convening, you know, we, we had difficult conversations around how to best meet the needs of these students. Um, the reality is um, that, that um, for many members of, of, of our community, these students are off the radar. Um, due to residential segregation, it's very easy um, for um, those of means um, to not see the students we're speaking of here today. And so for that reason, I believe um, it's not uh, typically a, a priority um, in, 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 in the decision-making amongst those who hold power. Um, certainly, there, the, the pendulum shifts in education along a, a number of, of initiatives, but um, that we're seeing now increased attention um, towards workforce development in the community college and adult education systems. And, 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 and there's a greater emphasis and attention paid to the needs of these specific students. Um, however, many of them um, have so many gaps in their educational development um, that it really requires um, simultaneously providing um, foundational skills and supports uh, while also providing them with a the job training that's going to help them to land um, a, a job that pays a livable wage. Uh, we certainly uh, would appreciate and, uh, greater partnerships with industry. And, and, and workforce uh, development entities like the Workforce Partnership. And so the good news is that um, the silos are beginning to come down and there's a lot of exciting work happening around the city. Um, the bad news is, you know, for example, at San Diego Continuing Education, we can only support a couple hundred students through this current initiative. And as I mentioned earlier, we're talking about 44,000 students who you know, are displaced presently from work and school. So uh, we need more resources systematically um, in order to, to, to help uh, address that delta. One of the, um, I was, I had a chance to visit Carlos's main campus recently and have a conversation with him. And so one of the things that's um, really exciting about your campus is that, so of those 44,000 opportunity youth, 20% haven't completed high school and another 50% have only completed high school and haven't gone on in their education after that. And right there on your campus, you're offering um, a chance to complete high school if you haven't done that yet to start down a career path. I mean, basically, you can support anything that isn't college credit bearing. Is that one way of, the, the, of That's a great way to describe it, but I think it's worth noting that at three of our campuses, um, we offer course, we offer college credit courses as well okay. through our partnerships with City College, Mesa College, and Miramar College, because two of our campuses are housed on Miramar and Mesa College campuses. Um, and then at our ECC campus, which is our flagship campus, which is in the heart of Southeast San Diego, City College offers degree pathways there. Um, not to mention, um, increasingly, these three colleges are offering online offerings that students can concurrently enroll in. So mm -hmm. we have, uh, they call it swirling, but we often have students who are both enrolled concurrently in credit and non-credit for a variety of reasons. But yes, we are a one-stop shop, I think, which is worth saying. And, and we're trying to increase student access to community resources. So um, starting this week, Health and Human Services is on campus to provide um, support with eligibility and, and, and renewal um, applications. And we're having conversations now with Department of Rehab and, and EDD about bringing 
um, their staff on, on board as well so that uh, we are a one-stop facility. The reality is that you know, adult education institutions were established to support the most vulnerable members of our community. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the more that we can do to, to support the whole student, um, the, the, the more successful our students will ultimately be. So how do you interact with them? Like, when did, what's, their, what's their front porch to your services? Like, so, I mean, wh- how do you find them? How do they come to find you? You know, this is a, uh, San Diego Continuing Education is often called uh, one of the best kept secrets in San Diego. Um, that said, 44,000 individuals walk through our door each year. So some people are finding us. Uh, we need to do a better job at, uh, at supporting access for those populations who haven't been able to navigate our institution. Do you have the room for them? Uh, certainly we are in growth mode now, and so we, we have the capacity to grow. Um, some of our job training programs are impacted due to space constraints. You know, we have a welding laboratory and an auto tech laboratory, a, a certified nurse's assistant laboratory, um, and we have limited seats in those programs, but students can get in the queue and enroll as seats become available. How's it getting funded if this is free? And do they, do they have to be poor to qualify? No. Anyone is eligible to enroll. There's no income verification. Um, uh, they have to be residents um, of, of our community. Um, and they, they, they simply uh, can learn more um, about each individual program's enrollment process by visiting our website, sdce.edu, um, or emailing me at ccortez at sdccd.edu. So if you have people, if you're, if you're out there listening, and you know somebody who's not working and not in school, they, there's a place where they can get a free education and some of these other services right now with space, maybe not in some of the highest demand areas like welding, like you said, and that's happening right now and it's available. Yes, we have, we have about four dozen plus uh, job training certificates in, in a variety of areas, but I think it's worth noting that it's not just individuals who are dislocated from work, but also individuals who are looking to upgrade skills. Many of our certificates are stackable, so somebody can come in and do an entry-level culinary arts certificate and then come back and do the second level um, uh, expert certificate, and then they can come back and do a bake shop certificate if they want to fine-tune those skills. And so the good news is that within most programs is a variety of offerings. I would say that our largest career technical education program is our business information technology sector, um, where we offer, I think, 14 certificates at this time. But I would say about three-quarters of the certificates are designed for individuals who are already practicing um, computer technology experts, um, everything from mobile app development to coding to uh, you know uh, graphic design and, and, and web web development um, and so they're not all not all of our programs are designed uh, for individuals with with a low level of education we have a range of programs um, but adult education at its core was initially established really to support um, the undereducated and underemployed um, but certainly over years our programs have evolved with with these stackable programming to support those with higher skill sets as well Wow. So funded by the state is the it is funded by the state yeah. it's apportionment so we collect a, a funding just as k-12 system would by the number of hours students participate in programs yeah just to bring it alive for folks uh, as i was walking around carlos and i we went and saw some english as a second language um, classrooms that were going on and then we went over and watched some people learning to do upholstery from for um i think it was car interiors and boat interiors and then we went over and watched the welding labs where there were some amazing art projects as well as obviously practical industrial applications and um, the auto shop we, we walked through as well. So it's a pretty um, impressive facility with a huge range. And I think people um, may not 
realize how many certificates um, are available that aren't college credit bearing, but are that but help you get a better job or move up in your job. When and you I, say that Southeastern San Diego is your is your flagship, what does that mean? Uh, the, the the president's headquarters and the largest of our campuses is housed at the Education Cultural Complex, which was built on Ocean View in Southeast San Diego. Um, again, which is a uh, sort of in the epicenter of of, of this opportunity youth crisis, and so it, I think it behooves our organization to to really step up and to do more to support um, these these students who are often forgotten by um, by by our communities. Um, w one of the benefits is that you know because of the 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 various locations of our campuses, we do have this geographical reach. Um, but two other campuses worth noting in Cesar Chavez area, uh, sorry, the Barrio Logan area, the Cesar Chavez campus, as well as the Mid City campus on Fairmont, um, are also um, really connected to um, communities where we see large numbers of students who are disconnected from work and school. And when you spoke earlier about how students how students find us, um, we find that that older students, meaning 30s, 40s, and upwards, um, tend to tend to m uh, more um, easily navigate um, our institution in terms of intake and, and success through and out. Um, yet younger adults have difficulty, um, as they have historically, uh, many of them with, uh, with public education. And so we, we, we as an institution are committed to doing more, and that's why San Diego Gateway to College and Career was established as a way of, of helping students who have not been successful academically um, find success through San Diego continuing education. Why would they have trouble with traditional school and be able to figure yours out? Uh, the difference is that we have established a safe space at our campus. Um, it's called the San Diego um, Gateway uh, Resource Center, and this is a place where uh, a young adult can come as a starting point. So rather than walk into the building and have to figure out um, who to speak to, um, they can come into this space, and our staff that's dedicated to supporting young adults will help them figure out what the next steps are based on the program they're interested in and also based on the different types of services that are available to them. You know, for example, we have child care for single parents. Uh, we have uh, um, uh, programs uh, uh, supporting gender equity where we'll provide uh, stipends to students who are studying in non-traditional gender programs. Um, but oftentimes, uh, you know, a student who may have dropped out of high school or exited high school uh, might not know that these resources are available to them. So by assigning them a case manager and a dedicated counselor, that individual learns more about the student and helps them navigate opportunities that we've brought in-house. Yeah, I, I'm interested in your opinion about something, which is that um, the people that you're serving are also being marketed. Lots of online learning opportunities right now. They're just exploding, and they're being charged a lot of money in some cases for them, and other times they're totally free. How do you? What would you say about the difference between your the mostly in-person um, education that you're offering versus the um, online option that's available? So there's two components of my response. The first is uh, specifically directing online education, and I am a huge proponent of online education, particularly synchronous face-to-face -face online education. And so I think it's worth making a distinction between asynchronous and synchronous learning that basically anything you can do in a classroom now you can do online through synchronous programming. Um, <clears throat> I'm not a huge champion of asynchronous programming, but I do believe it has its merits. Um, San Diego Continuing Education does not provide any fully online programming, but many of our courses have a web-enhanced component or their hybrid offerings so that the coursework can be done um, 
more flexibly, which I think is mm -hmm. a huge asset to our to these student populations in particular who might have uh, housing issues or mobility issues or transportation issues um, getting to and from campus. Um, now that said, there are um, increasingly alternative options, particularly for high school diploma completion, if that's um, I think what we're focusing on here. Um, and I, I don't want to be critical. I was a charter school principal working with pregnant and parenting teens in Los Angeles. And um, so I've been working with these types of student populations for many years. Um, and, and, I, and I know that um, there, there are unfortunately um, opportunities for students to uh, pay entities to help expedite diploma completion. Um, but the academic rigor of those programs I know is often questionable. Um, there's also, um, you know, charter schools in particular that have been designed to support alternative le uh, learners, um, some of which are doing wonderful work um, supporting these student populations, but others, um, frankly, from my perspective, are um, milking the system um, by, by enrolling students, um, but not demonstrating high success outcomes. And, and so ultimately, I think we need to ensure that all educational institutions, but particularly those receiving state subsidies, are held accountable to high, um, to high standards. What would you say your desired outcome for, for people who come through your doors is? My desired outcome for them is for them to have success. And I believe it's really important when developing initiatives like San Diego Gateway to College and Career not to create a cookie litter pipeline, a cookie cutter pipeline for students, but instead to allow them to chart their own destiny. And so uh, we were recently approached by a funder who indicated that, that he wanted to uh, support the Gateway program, but expected all students to have um, business information technology certificates at the end of that process. And to me, that, that, that's, that's not the direction I think we need to take programming in. I think we need to provide students with choice and then um, give them the supports necessary to help them realize what their personal objectives are. And so the beauty of San Diego Gateway to College and Career is that a student can come in and their goal might be a GED. And they might be with us for four weeks or six weeks to do some test prep to pass a high school equivalency exam. Um, or their goal might be a PhD. And they might come with us to complete high school diploma and then to participate in one of our articulated certificate programs, which uh, takes me to another point. Although many of our certificates are non-credit, um, sorry, although all of our certificates are non-credit, many of them are articulated with credit colleges mm -hmm. so that an individual can come and take our auto tech program, for example, and transition into Miramar College with up to 24 units of academic credit, which means they can do uh, about 40% of a two-year degree program free through continuing education. Um, and we have similar arrangements in culinary arts and, and child development and in our IMCP, which is our graphic design certificate program. What you just mentioned to funder, did you tell him no? Uh, we agreed that it wasn't going to work. <laughs> what, is your, what are your needs? Is, are, you, are you trying to raise money then? We are definitely trying to raise money. Um, it's extremely important, uh, not, not just money resources, community partnerships, um, uh, I strongly believe in collaboration um, in, in terms of supporting the whole student. Uh, we work with hundreds of organizations that come onto our campus to provide service and resources and direct our students to um, hundreds of organizations for similar purposes. Um, some key resources, fiscal resources that we need in order to serve more students would be additional funding for staffing, dedicated staffing that the community college system uh, currently doesn't provide. Um, the, the new types of staffing that we've been able to bring on board is um, due to the, uh, the generosity of the San Diego Workforce Partnerships, we owe a youth grant, which has allowed us to hire, again, case managers, dedicated counselors, and, and job, job placement specialists. And so 
really three key staff that 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 are that are unique to this program and which is allowing us to help these students to succeed is having someone that they can check in weekly. That's their case manager that helps them navigate whatever unique supports they need. Um, differentiation is key. Um, the second is counseling. Um, they get dedicated academic counseling. Um, we have uh, 27 counselors for 40, 44,000 students. And so uh, the, the student to counselor ratio um, makes um, developing intimate relationships with counselors very difficult, particularly for non-traditional students, but that we have dedicated counseling for a smaller group of students in this program. Um, is certainly a benefit. And then the third, and this is really a key component, is job placement specialists, um, individuals who work with industry to find internship opportunities and find job placement opportunities for those whose objective is um, to, to, to land a job after completing the San Diego Gateway to College and Career Program. Hmm. Tell me about you. It, I detected an accent here and there, but you you seem to suppress it pretty well. Where are you from? Uh, from the East Coast. Yeah, it does come out on occasion. <laughs> from Connecticut, so between Boston and New York, you get a little of either. And, and what what landed you in in Los Angeles? Uh, I ended up in Los Angeles because of love. I followed a um, my partner out here, um, who was an actor at the time, and I was uh, finishing my PhD at the University of Southern California. Uh-huh. And so I was a teacher in New York City, and I with Teach for America, and when I arrived in, in California, they, they found me another placement, and I served as a teacher and a union rep and assistant principal and then a principal, and had an opportunity to work in private schools, charter schools, and public schools in that area, um, and then moved into teacher education at UCLA, um, and then fell in love with the community college system. I, I really um, am amazed at um, the rigor, academic rigor, um, and the affordability, and most importantly, the, the, the commitment of faculty, students, and staff um, to to the success um, of our of of, um, of in many cases of uh, forgotten students. What do you think is makes that possible compared to like a school uh, traditional K twelve system? Is that is that connection not there? You mentioned uh, this this concept of of providing a place where somebody can go and just start figuring it out. It, when I look back at my own education and when I look at what's happening, it feels like there is a just a path that if you don't have somebody helping you figure out what to do, you can easily get lost. And just the basic logistics of getting through a university or through a normal school system. So what is the, what is the traditional school system missing that community colleges ta tapped into? Community colleges have the um, capacity to support uh, a wider range of students than traditional universities are often able to support. Um, they're equipped with different types of resources, um, but they're, but the, probably the key is, is, is affordability. You know, comparatively, they're, you know, it's with the BOG waiver in place as the Board of Governor waiver um, at the credit community colleges where, where there is a, a fee for courses, you know, about two-thirds of students have those fees waived annually. And with a, 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 a big rush towards open educational resources, the, um, the, the cost to completion is, is going to be dropped even further. Um, and then accessibility in terms of open enrollment, you know, Harvard and Princeton uh, and UC Berkeley and Stanford only have so many seats per year. And if you look um, at studies where they compare the socioeconomic background of students, you'll see that those institutions were historically designed and continue to serve um, disproportionately affluent students, whereas the community college system conversely tends to support greater numbers of students of color and, and people on the, on the lower end of the income stratum. Um, and so it's really it's, it, it, it's a unique gem that we have in California, and it shouldn't be overlooked. Um, and as we move towards Promise programs, the San Diego Promise program, which we're also fundraising for, my chancellor will be 
happy to hear that, um, is, a, you know, is, is an initiative to provide two years of free community college to students um, along with textbook costs. And one of the beauties of the San Diego Promise Initiative, um, unlike many other Promise Initiatives, is that there's a pathway through adult education. So someone can go through San Diego Continuing Education as an adult learner, complete a certificate program, and then apply for the Free Community College Initiative as well. So what does Promise mean? I mean, it's like a program that encompasses that? That's what you're uh, this, uh, The Promise campaigns were started by President Obama. Um, he realized, um, similar to other initiatives like um, minimum wage, that he wasn't going to get the support out of the Republican Congress. And so he then encouraged um, local communities um, to take on Promise campaigns. So we have a couple of states um, that have already enacted Free Community College, um, but many local communities like San Diego City, uh, sorry, like the San Diego Community College District, um, made a decision to participate in Promise. And uh, we funded the first year through our um, foundation, through our auxiliary, and now we're fundraising for subsequent years. And we've grown the need? program from 200 to 600 students um, to hit capacity, to hit, uh, you know, I think the end objective is to um, be able to provide all students coming out of the high school district free community college. Um, I believe we're looking at an endowment of about $30 million. So um, the good news is that we have a number of major donors stepping up and momentum is building, and we're really excited um, about uh, the, the, the possibility of, of, of expanding uh, the number of seats in Promise annually until we hit our target. I met a funder um, of your Promise uh, initiative over the weekend, and she was really proud and uh, satisfied with the gift and felt like she was making a difference in people's lives. But back to the what, what makes community colleges different, I really think that um, it's forgiving, so the you know because there are no admissions um, requirements, you can have made mistakes earlier in your life and and be ready to to start over. And I guess I would also just say that sometimes our you know we get older and we learn better and our brains mature and <laughs> we're more ready <laughs> when we're um, at an older age. And sometimes that's that's what it takes to have someone get back on track. And I don't think many people realize um, that the community college is also a wonderful opportunity for students who are concurrently enrolled in four-year institutions. I was at Berkeley City College um, prior to arriving in the San Diego Community College District, and I was amazed that approximately a third of our students were UC Berkeley students who walked down the street because they could take a community college course that they could transfer back to the university that was much less expensive, um, that was taught by a tenured faculty member with a PhD, um, that oftentimes um, much smaller class setting and in many cases even more dynamic instructional materials. For instance, I took myself, um, while it's an undergrad, uh, calculus at UC Berkeley. And I'll never forget, there were 300 students in the class and it was taught by a, a, a student assistant. Um, meanwhile, I, had I known I could have walked down the street and taken the course for a quarter of the price, and had it taught by a PhD in a classroom with 30 students and math labs and all sorts of tutorials and supports, um, I certainly would have taken advantage of that opportunity. And um, it, so it's, it's pretty dynamic to, to think that we have high school dropouts sitting besides future Rhodes Scholars in the same classroom setting. So I think to demystify community colleges, uh, um, increasingly people are, are beginning to recognize um, the, the value not just for non-traditional students, but also as the, uh, also as the stepping stone or entry point for um, students who would typically go to four-year institutions. Carlos Cortez, uh, where can people find out more about this? Though? San Diego Continuing Education, sdce.edu. Right. Thanks for coming in. Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks, Carlos.